2010, Kathleen May Welch drove to the Kingman, Arizona State Prison. She got out of her Chevy Blazer and tossed a pair of bolt cutters and lineman's pliers over a chain-linked fence over the medium-security prison. There were three prisoners waiting below. It included her boyfriend, who was also her first cousin, John McCluskey. He was there with Tracy Province and Daniel Kelly Renwick. They soon cut a hole in the fence and escaped. Just a few miles away, a tractor trailer had pulled over. Its two drivers, operating as a team, were switching seats. They'd soon be hostages. From FreightWave, this is Long Haul Crime Log, a true crime podcast about the dark side of freight. I'm Nate Tabak in Toronto, Canada. I'm Clarissa Hawes in Kansas City, Missouri. And I'm Noy Mahoney in San Antonio, Texas. We're all reporters with FreightWaves. We'll tell you more about what happened to those truck drivers and those escaped inmates later in the show. But first, we go to Guanajuato, Mexico. 119 people have died this month in cartel violence. And it's not just because of drugs. There is a big illegal fuel trade there. A huge uh, illegal fuel trade. It's a billion-dollar industry in uh, Mexico. What happens is these cartels not only fight for territory for dealing drugs or drug smuggling, they fight for territory to steal fuel. No, where where is the fuel stolen from in the first place? What happens is they steal fuel from oil and gas pipelines. They tap those pipelines illegally and they get that fuel and load it on the tanker trucks. And, and then they send the tanker trucks to, you know, black markets, uh, illegal places where they sell the fuel uh, at, you know, high markups. So they make hundreds of millions and even sometimes billions of dollars a year selling this uh, illegal fuel or stolen fuel. Are the drivers in all of these cases in on the take, you know, of what's going on? Or in some cases, are they hijacked? Are they, are they being murdered and their rigs stolen? Well, just this month alone in January, Mexico's National Guard has... Uh, seized seven illegal tanker trucks uh, across the country carrying more than, you know, 107,000 gallons of stolen fuel. And what happens in these cases is the the drivers are arrested. They're, you know, Mexico's national police or national guard, as they're called. Uh, You know, they don't buy this thing where the driver says, I didn't know I was, you know, carrying something illegal. No, if you're caught with that truck, and you don't have the right papers, the right permits, or you know you're you don't have um, a company you know that you work for uh, legitimately. They're just going to arrest you, and you're gonna, probably going to get you know uh, convicted and sent to jail. So the Mexican government has tried really hard the past few years to uh, crack down on um, the illegal fuel trade or illegal fuel theft, and the reason is uh, cartel violence. You know you don't think it. People die over stolen fuel, but they do in the state of Guanajuato, which is one of the uh, states that the Mexican government had targeted to try to cut down on fuel theft. Uh, there's a big spike in violence this month already. Like you said earlier, 119 people have died uh, in cartel violence. Uh, it includes like, in one case, this gang member uh, and his family were murdered in their apartment. I think there was five people in the apartment including an infant baby, which is really horrible. And they were all shot and killed, and their apartment was burned to the ground. And um, in another incident, uh, a, a wake where 
a family was mourning uh, one of their relatives who was killed. Who was uh, this relative was believed to have ties to cartel. A rival gang kill, came and killed nine people at the wake. So you know, it's, it's, it's the levels of violence are kind of unimaginable to us here in the United States, but it's related to um, you know drugs, uh, illegal or fuel theft. Any way these cartels can make money, um, they fight over it. The Mexican government has really tried to crack down on who who's buying this fuel because that's what's really driving the market. But the, the cartels sell the fuel to anybody they can. They even sell it to other countries such as you know Honduras or or El Salvador. Um, but it's it's just a, it's a crazy it's a crazy business. Does any any of this fuel end up in the U.S.? Uh, what these cartels will do is steal the fuel and they'll sell it to sometimes long haul truckers in Texas or sell it to uh, companies in Texas. There was an incident about 10 years ago in Brownsville that I think it was uh, some kind of factory or something was they were convicted of buying black market fuel from Mexico. So it does happen. So at the beginning of the show, we were talking about a, a modern-day Bonnie and Clyde story. This was involving uh, Kasslyn Welch and her boyfriend and first cousin, John McCluskey. McCluskey had, was in jail. Welch had showed up to a prison and uh, was helping these guys bust out, and uh, these guys being uh, her boyfriend and two other fugitives. Just by coincidence, it, you had two truck drivers who ended up being right in the crosshairs of this prison break. Clarissa, you followed this uh, at the time when you were a, uh, a reporter at Landline. Yes, and it, you know, with these these inmates had made a pact that they were, you know, going to get outside help. They were going to find the car together. They had, you know, enough money and clothing and food to. to and the the plan was that they were going to go to Canada. So you're lucky. <laughs> they didn't come visit you, um, but um, but then their plan quickly fell apart when, you know, after they crawled through the fence and uh, Renwick found the getaway car first and he decided to jump in, put it, the car in drive and took off and leaving and left the others behind. And so they were forced to find another means of transportation. And as they continued to walk, um, a long, you know, miles, uh, you know, they found um, a pair of truck drivers who had pulled off, uh, you know, on an overpass and were switching seats, you know, drivers, so one could sleep, the other one could drive. And um, they made that decision to, you know, to hold the the two drivers at gunpoint and, and, um, and got behind the rig and um, you know, took off until they could get to Flagstaff, Arizona, where they were, they had plans for another vehicle. What was going on inside that, inside that cab? Well, I know just from reports at the time that Provence had some previous experience as a driver, um, but they, they weren't really able to go into how, how much, if he had a CDL or what, but that he was able to drive the truck and but he was nervous because you know it'd been a while he'd been in jail for quite a long time at that point um and um but that McCluskey was holding the gun on the two drivers back in the sleeper berth um along with Welch 
Clarissa, what happened when, when they got to Flagstaff? Um, they made a, at that point, they had to decide what to do with these drivers because they were concerned, you know, that they would immediately go to the police and, and they wanted a head start um, to get away because there was another vehicle, you know, await, awaiting them. So um, the three of them, you know, McCluskey um, province and Welch made a decision. They took a vote and 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 to decide whether these drivers were going to live or die. And um, luckily um, the majority vote was for, for the two drivers to live with McCluskey, the only one voting um, for them to, to kill them. So, you know, they survived luckily. Wow. And so what happened after that? Were they released? Yes, they were released. And, um, you know, you know, kind of to give them a head start. And then they did contact police. How did the rest of this play out? Not well. Um, They they found like a vehicle for just a short term. But from, you know, going back in the stories that I covered, they quickly grew tired of being crammed in a small vehicle at that point that they had stolen. And so they were looking for. Um, another vehicle and and kind of were had their eye on a, a camper you know that maybe they could hide out in and um, so they came across a couple that was vacationing from Oklahoma by the name of Gary and Linda Haas who were um, parked at a rest area on Interstate 40 just inside New, the New Mexico line and um, and you know the According to the news accounts and the and the Haas's daughter, um, they were armed. You know, they always carried, um, you know, protection with them when they traveled. But at the time, they were just overtaken, and um, you know, Mikulski ended up having them drive to a remote location away from the rest area where he um, pulled the trigger and killed them both and then set their camper on fire to remove the evidence because they had found a leak in the, in the camper and decided that they didn't want to take it with them. Was this a, a case, this whole case and this sort of crime spree, was it, was this something that, that truckers were following closely, you know, after that really scary incident involving, you know, the hijacking? Absolutely. The, you know, because no one knew where they were at at the time. There were reports for, you know, when something like this happens, there's sightings all over the country and people are trying to, you know, follow every lead and everything. And so the trucking industry was on high alert, as well as, you know, a lot of these campgrounds and also national parks were, you know, trying to get the word out, you know, to um, to campers and, and everything that, there had been an incident involving at a rest area and, and, and for them to be on high alert and, um, you know, because, you know, they were, you know, Bonnie and Clyde type is what, you know, they were being described as with nothing to lose at that point. So. So what, what ended up happening to the, uh, to the, uh, the fugitives involved in this crime spree? Sure. Um, One was, uh, um, he was almost immediately caught, and he ended up in a shootout. Renwick 
um, ended, um, was found in Rifle, Colorado and had a shootout with police and was captured and is, and is serving, he's in prison right now. And then at, right at, soon after the murders of the couple, um, Renwick decided to um, break away from them. And he decided that he was going to head to, um, to Yellowstone National Park and that hit his plan. And he told in where he was captured and he told a Mojave County Sheriff's detective in an interview with the Las Vegas Review Journal that he planned to go to the mountains and shoot a gram of heroin and be, be bear food. That was the quote. He wanted to overdose and let the bears eat him. And, and so, and he was captured at that time, but it took um, like a, a park ranger that had a brief conversation with McCluskey, you know, prior to a SWAT team, you know, being, you know, organized and, and capturing them at a, at a campsite in the Apache Sigreaves National Forest in Eastern Arizona. And um, that, that, but that, um, you know, at the time Welch was reaching for her gun when um when the SWAT team came came in and and but they both were captured without incident and he was sentenced to life in prison but he died um in March of 2017 and Welch re received a 20 year sentence for her role in the escape and kidnapping of the team drivers having a a case where drivers are actually held hostage like that have you have you heard heard of cases like that before? Yes, um, it's happened, and about a year ago, um, it happened, and and the driver was pulled out of his truck, and and um, you know he and it was like a bank robbery gone wrong, and and the driver was actually shot and killed by police, who was you know unknowingly involved in this crime that just because they wanted his his vehicle to get away. So yes, it, it happens more than, than you think, you know, it would, considering you're in an 80,000 pound vehicle, you know, you think you would have the power in some cases, but you know, you find your find yourself victims just like anybody else in some cases. You've been listening to Long Haul Crime Log from Freight Waves. For more episodes of Long Haul Crime Log and to subscribe, search for us on your preferred podcast provider. Um, if you have a story to share, please reach out to us at crime at freightwaves.com. Tune in next week for more stories from the dark side of freight. 